Then at the weekend, it's time for a reward. Saturday is treat day. Anything goes. Just remember, you've only got twenty-four hours and not a second longer. Sunday is your rest day. The wrestling life. Every night I live and die. Feel the party to my bones. Watch the wasters blow the speakers. Feel my guts beneath the outdoor light. Hey everybody. It's The Wrestling Life, it's episode 236. It, it is May 28, 2020. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, we have so much to talk about this week. And as always, right here on the first and only wrestling podcast, there is so much we can't talk about. A lot of AEW wrestling. AE wrestling, all elite wrestling. A lot of AEW in my life over the last week or so. We had Dynamite last Wednesday. We had the Countdown Show on Friday. We had a four and a half hour pay per view on Saturday. We had being a half hour being the elite on Monday. We had an hour and a half AEW Dark on Tuesday, and then two more hours of Dynamite on Wednesday. I'm all AEW'd out, but they did have a pay per view this past weekend. Uh, what'd you think of the show? Uh, too long. <laughs> uh, no, no show, especially in this uh, modern COVID era of wrestling, needs to go as long as that show did. Um, but I thought overall there was very good effort turned in by everyone up and down the card, and I thought it was a mostly enjoyable way to spend an evening. Main event was wacky and fun, and, uh, you know, Moxley and Brody Lee tried to kill each other, and uh, I was also, I've also very much enjoyed the uh, Sheeta and Nyla Rose match. There was a lot of good stuff on that show, but nothing needs to be four and a half hours long. Nothing. It's true. Um, It's like, you know, you just shave a little off here, you know, take a few minutes out of that main event. Um, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe think of like three funny haha spots instead of 12, um, or something. And yeah, you know, just shave off a little here, shave off a little there, get, you get that show over at maybe 11, 11, 15, uh, you know, at the latest that I would have probably, uh, enjoyed the show a lot more. Uh, not, not, and part of that is because I, I went over to a friend's house who lives, uh, Putting it generously, in the middle of nowhere, uh, in the <laughs> woods, in the deep backwoods of Pennsylvania, and then I had to drive home nearly an hour away, and I almost ran out of gas because the gas station by his house just closes at like nine o'clock, I guess. <laughs> so I had to drive all the way back into uh, Maryland, into Bel Air, where I live, to find a gas station. Uh, so. I, the evening was slightly soured by that experience, but that's really <laughs> more on, you know, on my life choices and the friends <laughs> I've made than on uh, on AEW's uh, AEW's fault. So, does she does she often have like some kind of calamities during pay per views? Like you run out of alcohol, yeah, or you almost run out of gas, or you know, I'm not here to judge anyone's life, but it feels like maybe just in general. You know, a little more planning, pal. Yeah. Well, again, 
I live, I generally live in a state where gas stations are just open <laughs> all the time. Yeah. So it didn't occur to me that a gas station would be closed. A gas station that runs on credit cards would be closed <laughs> after 10 p.m. on okay. a Saturday night. Okay. All right. Well, I'm not going to belabor the point. Any issues with the finishes? Uh, I think some fans, I don't know, wrestling Twitter a little bit, was a little bit critical of, oh, they buried Lance Archer and they buried Brody Lee. I don't think they buried either guy. I think those guys just lost, right? Or am I no, crazy? Yeah, it's not burying when the, ba- the top babyface wins. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's generally a good thing. I think we've just been so beaten down by years and years of heels winning forever that uh, people just think that's the only way to do wrestling anymore. Um, and yeah, if you want to make an argument that maybe only one of those guys should should have lost, fine. I'm not... You know, it's all uh, it's all whatever flavor of ice cream you like. But I I like seeing good guys face adversity and then overcome the odds and win like a hero. And as stated, um, if you're planning on keeping Cody a babyface for any length of time past uh, today, uh, you can't really have him lose after uh, the bad guys humped his wife. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> That's a pretty good point. Okay, so the main event was the stadium stampede match. It's very loosely a wrestling match. There's a term for these pre-taped, elaborate stunt show comedy matches that that began, I guess, with the, the... Boneyard match at WrestleMania. Obviously, that wasn't the first pre-tape, uh, heavily produced, high production value, pre-recorded uh, mini-movie match in history, but it was the first one in a while, and kind of the first time WWE had dipped into that realm. And so, the phrase "cinematic match" cinematic matches has uh, kind of evolved here, and I. Uh, know that you have an, an issue with uh, the cinematic matches. Uh, yeah, like maybe I'm just maybe I'm being pedantic. I don't know. <laughs> what? But when when it, it irritates me when I hear like the stadium stampede match was a cinematic wrestling match or the money in the bank match was a cinematic wrestling match. There was nothing cinematic. Cinematic, I'm pretty sure means of of a similar quality to something you would see at a cinema. And uh, neither of those things check those boxes for me. So if cinematic now just means something that was pre-taped and, like, edited, that's, I feel like words have meaning and we need to come up with a different term. Because, like, if you want to call the Undertaker AJ Styles one cinematic or the old Matt Hardy stuff cinematic, fine. Fine, you know? You can call those cinematic. There's certain atmosphere. There's music. There's, you know, over the top. There's special effects. There's, you know, pyrotechnics. All this crazy stuff. Fine. Call those. Call those uh, cinematic. Don't call what they did. Don't call that Johnny Gargano Champa match. Like none of those are cinematic to me. Those are just brawls. 
brawls in like exotic locations. <laughs> and that's fine. And there's nothing necessarily right or wrong about doing them. And especially in this in these times that we're in. Um I understand you're trying to get more creative, but I'm just tired of hearing the word cinematic because that I feel like that has a certain thing. And if there's one thing that I picked up when I went to community college, that's right, I went to college. Uh, it's that I had an English professor who I was talking to and I was saying, uh, he was trying to correct me on something. And I said, well, aren't we kind of arguing over semantics? And he said, yes, but words have meaning. And it's like the one thing that stuck with me more than anything else I ever heard from a professor in college. And so here I am on this show saying words have meaning stop calling every wrestling match that isn't in a ring cinematic please all right i don't feel strongly about this i think you're correct but it's not it's not my hill to die on <laughs> and I'm not necessarily saying that you're saying it's yours but would not be uh i agree with you i'm not going to make a big deal about it but fair enough that's that's good times. Uh, before we kind of put a bow on a on AEW this week, just a, a few more uh, notes, I guess. Um, from the pay per view, um, it seemed like Jim Ross. Um, how should I put this? Was drunk to you? <laughs> um, I mean, it's getting hard to tell what's like normal jr and what's drunk jr for me at this point sure that's just like i hate i hate that i work for this company jr and what's um and what's um normal jr so i i didn't i didn't pick up on him being particularly uh worse uh than usual but he certainly he's 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 being he's being very sassy i feel (laughs) like when he's like, uh, like he, he, he keeps trying, he like Excalibur will give the name of a move, you know, like a commentator is supposed to do. Yeah. And then like JR will very sarcastically make up a name for like a very simple move, like a running knee. And then yes. like, Exc- this happened on Dynamite this week, and I think it happened on the pay-per-view as well. And Excalibur just completely no-sold it, which was actually made it kind of funny. Because then nobody laughed at, at JR's dumb joke and his, uh... Whether he means to do it, whether he was just trying to be funny, kind of comes across like he's, you know, completely undercutting and mocking his broadcast partner, which, uh, you know, I don't I don't need that on on this show. So whether that's because of his uh, extracurricular activities or just him being a cranky old man, who's to say, really? Sure, sure. Look, time's going to time comes for all of us. Um, It's undefeated. And I'm sure at some point I'm going to be the out-of-touch old man if I'm not already. However, <laughs> when you take a paycheck from somebody, I feel like you should tow the company line. <laughs> I don't think it's, it's that much to ask <laughs> to not actively crap all over the product. But well, hey. and he, he used to be pretty good at that. Like... <laughs> maintaining some credibility while still letting you know that he knew what he was watching sucked right without outright burying it like that's where like the phrases like bowling shoe ugly came from 
Right. Uh, you know, or, or when he would be like, not a lot of finesse in this guy's move set. Like, that's his way of going, yeah, he's a big stiff. You know, like he used to have right. code words for stuff. And now yes. he's just kind of openly complaining and 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 being very sarcastic. Yes, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to listen to. He is objectively the worst guy in that booth. Uh, and he talks the most. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, I find, other than I find that, that. I find that to be problematic. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. I, and we've talked about this before. I understand that Jim Ross has value beyond what he does in the booth. But you got the TV deal, right? Like, you're good for your a audience? couple of years here. Well, yeah. I mean, everybody's audience has dwindled. But your audience is also, you know, 60% of what it was. <laughs> You've lost 40% of the people that were with you every week, you know? <laughs> sure, sure. That's not nothing. Um, but yeah, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what Jim Ross's value is. If he has value, perhaps find another role for him. He's generally been like the best. I think I have seen JR in AEW is when he's done sit down interviews with, with people. Um, so I don't know. I guess he still wants to be out there every week and the billionaire who signs his checks is, doesn't want to tell him that he can't be a commentator anymore, but sure. I don't know, man, maybe, maybe find, find some creative reasons to have him not be in the booth for every match, every segment. Sure. There's also this thing, AEW, they, they're on the old WCW network. They have a lot of the TNA production staff, which was the WCW production staff. There's a lot of WCW DNA in this company. And I think a good illustration of that is everything that Dustin Rhodes is involved in in this company. (laughs) God bless Dustin Rhodes. God bless the Rhodes family. Dustin, like, shoots his... He's half shooting his own angles. Um, Like, they last minute announced that Ty Dillinger, uh, Sean Spears had challenged Dustin Rhodes to a match at Double or Nothing, uh, but the announcer said, "Well, we haven't seen Dustin Rhodes uh, since he lost to Lance Archer in the TNT Championship Tournament." And then Sean Spears cut a couple of promos where he said uh, Dustin Rhodes is retired, and then. But they never, the announcers never mentioned, oh, we don't know if Dustin is retired or not. They were just like, well, I don't know. I haven't seen the guy. Uh, and then Dustin made his big triumphant return at uh, Double or Nothing and beat Sean Spears. And the announcers, again, didn't sell it like, oh, this is uh, a fake retirement angle. Or just, there's a there's an under-explaining of a good third of what appears on the television screen like Cody Cody's promo on Dynamite this week they kept cutting to QT Marshall and Allie and Brandy and Dustin Rhodes in the crowd which was because they started an angle on AEW Dark this week where QT Marshall is horny <laughs> For Allie, 
who is no longer the bunny and he acted like Allie eating an apple was the most erotic thing he'd ever seen. And well, yet, he likes apples. So. Yeah, the announcers did not mention this once on Dynamite because two-thirds of the announcers don't watch Dynamite. But also, there's just a general under-explaining of a lot of key things that go on there, and I find that very frustrating. Yeah, I mean, and this is stuff that is really easily fixable i think that's the the problem you just make a note of okay this person's appearing on on this show this week uh haven't seen them on dynamite for a while ask excalibur ask tony khan ask the wrestlers themselves (laughs) hey what's been going on what do i need to know to you know to get across when you know when you guys show up tonight or when you know it's it it's doesn't seem like it's uh going exactly above and beyond to ask them to, uh, you know, be mildly informed on what's, on what's going on on the, uh, on their product. Yeah. Um, yeah. Production meeting that, that should, you could square that away in a, in a production meeting. The revival debuted on AEW this week. Wow. 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 <laughs> the worst kept secret. Uh, well, it's not even really been a secret because they just keep showing FTR on being the elite. But um, yeah, I guess that's cool. Um, I think them and the Bucks will probably have a really good match. Um, again, one of those things where you're like, man, if they wrestled in front of a crowd. It would really be awesome. Um, and I'm sure they'll still have a very good match, but it's uh, certainly not as uh, not not quite as uh, exciting with with you know, so few people in the crowd, but, um, yeah. And clearly by them being announced as FTR, that puts to rest. They were definitely never going to try to call themselves the revolt, right? Absolutely not. Yes. I mean, clearly, cause they announced them as FTR. So like what else? Right. right. Yeah. They got, they got, they got scared. They got a cease and desist and they got scared. So, and then it seemed like maybe Tony Khan was trying to inter- intervene there with the uh, the original Revolt guys. Uh, I think he used one of them on Dark or something. But uh, I guess they couldn't come to an agreement because they debuted as FTR. So. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, overall, I thought Dynamite was a pretty good show, with the, maybe the one caveat being the... Uh, very, very, like, late spike TNA uh, angle at the end of the show where a bunch of MMA guys showed up to brawl with pro wrestlers to maybe set up a match. Yeah, it sure seemed like they're setting up Mike Tyson against Chris Jericho, building off an angle from Monday Night Raw more than 10 years ago. A complete comedy angle, by the way. Right, it was a total nothing throwaway. Like, Mike Tyson doing a pro wrestling match in the late 90s. I mean, any time from, like, 1986 to 2003 or four, Mike Tyson doing a wrestling match would have been incredible. And then they just did one on Monday Night Raw without advertising it in advance. <laughs> yep. And it was not a big deal whatsoever. And so I feel like calling any attention to that angle from more than 10 years ago is, like, 
beyond stupid. Like, just pretend that didn't happen. Like, come up with a new way to get to Jericho and Mike Tyson if you think that's a needle mover. I don't think anything's a needle mover in 2020, but I really don't think Mike Tyson and Chris Jericho is a needle mover. But, yeah, they brought the MMA guys out there. I guess they're trying to get on ESPN, uh, but I don't know if that's the way to do it. ESPN's in bed with WWE. Uh, Turner's in, you know, Turner Sports, uh, whatever, uh, Warner Media. It's just, it's, it's different. It's different factions. It's different camps. I know there's a, a shortage of stuff that's going to, you know, ESPN needs content now, but I don't know if Mike Tyson and Chris Jericho, uh, you know, half-assed doing it an angle that, like, as you said, will probably maybe lead to a match at some point. <laughs> I don't know what that means today. I mean, yeah, I... I figured, like, okay, they're going to do, like, like some all-star tag team match. But that being said, like, as as the keen viewers may have noticed, they keep referring to this Fighter Fest show, which they've already, you know, made some matches for, which is great. Uh, but they keep referring to it as coming sometime later this summer. Yeah. So we don't even know when that show will be. Let's say it's on that show. Let's say they wait for All Out. We don't exactly know when that is. I guess it's still relatively penciled in for, like, Labor Day-ish. But, um, yeah, I would... <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not quite... Uh, I'm not quite sure what the point of shooting this angle now was, um, unless... Yeah, it was like Mike Tyson and Henry Cejudo and Vitor Bell. It's all these guys from like 2010 UFC, like R- Rashad Evans, Vitor Belfort. Yeah, yeah. Henry Henry Cejudo was a double champ, and he was a champ, but he just he retired like two weeks ago uh, in a contract play. Uh, he's and not he was actually like in retired. the background. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's like the most well, current he... MMA star. Right. Yeah, he's also a uh, very, 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 very small. You know, there was a, 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 a bidding war between UFC and WWE to get him like eight years ago. Hmm, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, he was going to be, you know, one of Vince McMahon's. Um, Vince McMahon has always had the fascination with doing a Mighty Mouse gimmick. <laughs> yes. Uh, Henry Cejudo is going to be one of the the Mighty Mouse guys. Or he was going to be Mighty Mouse. He was going to be the Latin star to replace Rey Mysterio. Uh, UFC, <laughs> UFC outbid WWE for him. So there you go. <laughs> well, there you go. And hey, we're going to get that Mighty Mouse someday. I don't know, man. Time's running out. Hey, uh, yeah, so they have not announced a date for Fighter Fest. Or all out, yeah. They're just talking about these in generalities, and, and things are opening up, I guess, um, around the country. I'm not sure why exactly. Um, <laughs> this is weird pandemic talk and not necessarily wrestling talk, but like, it's not like like. Okay, so, like, hospitals, I guess, have the capacity uh, to handle more cases now, and so things are are slowly opening up. But, like, the risk uh, of contracting COVID-19 is still very real, 
and yet yes. we've all just kind of we've all just kind of decided well that's about enough of this quarantine crap let's let's just open everything back up again am i am i missing something here like what was the point of all of us uh staying in our houses for two months and then now even though nothing has really changed like it's there's no vaccine they just started like doing human trials on a vaccine we're many months away from a vaccine and yes. yet and yet we're just opening everything up again and so we're gonna have you know potentially uh pro wrestling shows <laughs> with live audiences before the end of the summer i don't this all feels very strange to me like some aspect of the quarantine was strange to me to begin with but then just like one day randomly deciding well we've had enough let's open things up again feels really friggin' weird to me uh what what the hell's going on <laughs> well uh i think the answer is always going to be with when this was happening um is that the only way to keep people home would be for the federal government to uh, pay people to stay home with like right. a monthly a monthly stimulus pay um, and 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 things like that. Um, that's not going to happen. So and people need money. So and uh, you know grocery stores can't hire everybody. So. Yep, we're just going to open everything back up, and we're going to cross our fingers. <laughs> so weird. It's, I mean, yeah, a lot of people are probably going to die, because that's kind of, if you look historically at, like, every pandemic, there's the moment where, you know, we, we quarantine, we, we self-isolate, start the, we get the little dip going down, we open everything back up, and then usually in, like, the fall, of the same year, there's like a giant outbreak again. And if that happens, do we close everything down again? Do we just go, sorry, grandma's got to die this time. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what, uh, what will happen when the, when the very likely second outbreak. Um, and I say second outbreak as if the first break outbreak is over, which it isn't. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but to me, there was there was one option to fix this, which was paying people to stay home, and they uh, the federal government uh, ran the other way. <laughs> they ran towards uh, for the good of the economy. We need to open everything up and take the chance that uh, that more and more people will get infected. So. That's what we're going to do. Well, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, no, you would you would think that, uh, you know, death might be a, a good motivator to like uh, to like find a, perhaps, a, you know, some sort of governmental solution, like perhaps a universal basic income or something like that. But no, no, we're, uh, you know, we're just going to cross our fingers and uh, and hope everything works out. Well, so how about that TNT championship? <laughs> By the way, that was a, such a rinky-dink operation over there sometimes. They displayed an unfinished championship. They were running around with this championship belt that's not finished yet. 
What? Yes, they have <laughs> a, we... a, a red strap with silver plates that apparently are unfinished and just three letters, just three black T- TNT letters on it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what they did. I've seen fantasy football championships that look better than this. Well, on another down note, uh, Shaq Gaspard and Hannah Kamara passed away. Uh, I don't know what I can say. Both yeah. tragic in different ways. Yeah, no, it's it's quite awful. It's that's that's a good word for it. Is tragic. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. That there's much that we can add. Um, it's obviously been discussed quite in depth. Uh, both of them have been. It's. Uh, absolutely terrible um yeah so as always uh, i like to advocate for you know when terrible things happen you know look for maybe a, if you have a few dollars look for a charity you can donate to i know shad's family has a gofundme uh for uh, i think dealing with his uh funeral costs and things like that so um, if you'd like to directly support somebody that was uh you know uh, his family you can do that or you know looking perhaps look into a charity um yeah, uh, it is a deeply scary and frustrating and anger-inducing world, and um, everyone being mean to each other on this terrible website that we all hate but none of us ever leave called Twitter um, makes things worse. And again, I'm kind of mixing in my feelings on both of them at once, so I apologize, but um yeah i guess that's that's the end of it it's just uh you know (laughs) if you have people that you care about tell them that you love them and uh try to be nicer try to help people if you can that's that's kind of all i got and now for something completely different wwe drew gulak uh who was not signed for like a week uh apparently re-signed with wwe because he had the audacity to ask for more money after being a pushed character on TV for like two months. <laughs> when the company is uh, in line to have the largest profits they have ever had in the history of their company, even if they don't run a single show with fans for the rest of the year, they will have record profits. And yet, yes, we are. How dare he? <laughs> I skipped SmackDown this week, which... You know, doing a podcast on modern wrestling and working for a wrestling website, I probably shouldn't skip, you know, one of the most high-profile shows every week. But also, I just didn't have it in me to get (laughs) beaten down by Friday Night Smackdown this week. That show is so dreadful. And the only, like, carrot that they keep dangling in front of me to get me to keep watching is this very slow burn for a Sasha Banks-Bailey match at some point. Um, And then there was a a report by Fightful this week that uh, they were going to do it at SummerSlam in Boston this year, but now SummerSlam's not going to be in Boston, at least in August. And so they're going to hold off (laughs) on... On pulling the trigger on the big <laughs> Sasha Banks Bailey feud, which I feel I 
that trigger's got to be pretty dusty and uh, <laughs> it's gone gotten kind of probably getting rusty due to uh, lack of use after all these years because they've been waiting to pull that trigger for uh i don't know most of my adult life i think like monday night raw is bad often but smackdown is it's a different level of bad and i don't know how this happened <laughs> But here we are. You'd think yeah. just by virtue of it being an hour shorter than Raw, it would have yeah. a big advantage. Yeah. You have yeah. talented people working on the show, theoretically. Yeah. yeah. And yet, every week, it's so much worse than Raw, and so much less interesting, and so much less watchable. And part of that is their uh, bold decision to make the commentary team two assholes yelling at you a courier is in Michael Cole but like they could be calling uh Ric Flair Ricky Steamboat matches and I feel like I mean that would be so much better to me if like I could sit through a lot of crap I if it would be so much easier to get through these shows if I knew I'm gonna get one killer match every week and like there is no excuse with all of the talent that they have under contract, why there isn't one killer in-ring match every week on every show. It ain't that hard. <laughs> I mean, you just look at... I mean, SmackDown currently has Nakamura, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, uh, Sasha, Bailey, like, all of these talented people who are great workers, or at least very good workers, or work like Sabu, and... Like, <laughs> and somehow we can't uh, we can't seem to put together a consistently entertaining uh, pro wrestling program. Drew Gulak, who was there and gone and back again, um, perhaps even more talent on the way, and yet I don't have much faith that the show's getting better. And uh, I don't know. I guess bronze. And for some reason, the world champion is wrestling the Miz and John Morrison. It's it's beyond frustrating. It's beyond frustrating. Matt Riddle's apparently getting called up to SmackDown. How will they ruin Matt Riddle? Well, keeping him away from the Paul Heyman Raw show seems like a good first step. Letting Brother Love yeah. book him sounds like a, a good first step to ruining him. Um, yeah. My guess is... Uh, we're going to look at him and go, we already have an MMA guy who's bigger than him. Why doesn't he wear shoes? Uh, <laughs> put him in a tag team with Gable and job them out to Sheamus in handicap matches. That's what I'm going to guess is going to happen. Like, that sounds absurd, but they they screwed up Ricochet. Like, <laughs> yep. They, it's, it took them... Five years to put a title on Apollo Crews. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they, they are limitless <laughs> in, their, in, their, in their ability to screw things up. It took them like 15 years to figure out that Bob Lashley should have someone talk for him. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, as we maybe transition to talking about Monday Night Raw here, um, was 
Did you happen to uh, notice that Lana appeared to be in blackface this week? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think of that. I thought maybe she had overdone the uh, the artificial tanning a little bit, but I. Uh... It it read as blackface to me. Man, first that Jimmy Fallon clip pops up again, and, and now Lana. I mean, we're just canceling everyone this week. You know, I read that headline today. Jimmy Fallon apologizes for blackface. <laughs> Man, I did not see that one coming. <laughs> does Does Lauren Michaels have to apologize for the blackface that he signed off on? Does Seth Myers or whoever was head writer at the time that he did that, does they have to apologize too, or does just just James, James Fallon have to do it? They I think they all threw Jimmy under the bus. Tina Jimmy Fey didn't it. Tina Fey <laughs> didn't offer to apologize for it. I suppose not. I suppose not. Yep, that was weird. Monday Night Raw, they put a bunch of <laughs> Alright. They put NXT and performance center people in the in, in the crowd. They finally put wrestlers and people in the crowd like AEW has been doing all along pretty much during this pandemic. And uh, they stuck him behind plexiglass and they made him stand up. They didn't give him chairs. They made him stand all day. They made him stand through a th- through a three hour RAW. They made them wear WWE shop T-shirts. Yep. Can you can you explain to me with all of the people they have under contract in in Florida why pushed people on an NXT TV like Shotzi Blackheart and uh, what's uh, Dexter Loomis why they were Wait, among Dexter those Loomis in the crowd? I didn't notice him. I believe so. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was Pat McAfee at first. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was Dexter Loomis. Uh, don't hold me to that. Uh, but awesome. like, wh- why were pushed and ex- the, like the Rock's daughter? <laughs> like she hasn't yeah, been uh, on. She hasn't really been on TV. Simone Johnson. She hasn't really been on TV yet. But like, why would you put anyone that you want to see that you will one day push as a star in the crowd? Yeah, um, Stokely Hathaway, who's just debuted as the manager of a new tag team on NXT. Uh, I think Santana Garrett was in the crowd. Like, yeah, people, why would anyone that you would ever put on television uh, in any time in the, in, in the immediate future be, uh, be in that crowd? Also, why go to the trouble of having them stand uh, apart and putting up plexiglass only to have a bunch of them run out to break up a brawl at the end of the show? That kind of seems to defeat the purpose, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. And yeah, then, does. The, and then immediately send those people back out there so you could tape a SmackDown and then have them stand all day the next day while you taped another Raw and another NXT and whatever. Yeah, yep. Very strange decisions were made. How Raw was better than it has been. I did think that like this wonderful fu to the fans who stayed through all three hours of the show on a holiday mm. by giving giving them this main event of the Street Profits against Bobby Lashley and MVP, and then, which was a crappy match, and then they, 
an even crappier finish for Bobby Lashley was DQ'd for kicking too much ass. <laughs> like, I thought that was a great FU to, That's to the That's gimmick fans. now, right? Like, this is like the third or fourth time he's been DQ'd for dominating recently. Yeah, it's really stupid. Um, but aside from that, it was somehow, Raw was somehow eminently more watchable than uh, SmackDown ever is. Uh, what do you think about it at Raw? Yeah, it feels like there's a direction, at least. Like, we're building to Drew and Bob, and Bodacious Bob, Team Beef, exploding before my eyes. Um, it feels like we have a direction. As much as uh, Happy Gilmore parodies are not really uh, what I want to see from Monday Night Raw, um, you know, they're doing a wacky... They're trying some stuff with the Street Profits and the Vikings. Yeah. Um, I do have a thought about, uh, obviously, I don't know if we've done a show since they started throwing out this great, greatest wrestling match ever tagline, um, which I think is very funny. But uh, I, was, I was watching Edge's, uh, Edge's promo, and I was like, somewhere between this first match where he was coming back as a vengeful man uh, to kill the man who hurt his wife and tried to end his career... Uh, Edge became Mick Foley, specifically like Mick Foley from like the years 2000 to 2010, oh, where boy. like every time he's coming back, he's cutting this promo about how great he used to be and how he doesn't know if he's that guy anymore, but he's going to dig down deep and try his darndest to be that guy again, mm. um, which I would have, I again, would have felt more appropriate to me for maybe for the first match. But right. not for uh, a match that is being uh, advertised as a grappling contest. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. That's that's just me. Like it wasn't. I'm not saying it was a bad promo, but it just struck me that we've gone from Edge was the still got it, never lost it, legend returning to vengeful man seeking, you know, seeking retribution for his wife and himself. To now yeah, he's nice. the old the old timer who can't who's not sure if he can still go and my God don't we have enough old timers who aren't sure if they can <laughs> still go on WWE television right now? Yeah, it's it's a total misreading of the room. <laughs> it's the inconsistency of people of a writing staff that has doesn't understand the characters for their writing. Uh, it's the performers not having enough input on their own uh, storylines. They have done a much better job over the last year or so of letting the talent come up with uh, the words and the verbiage for their own promos and deliver much, much more natural promos. There's still some stinkers in there. Um, in a anytime Braun Strowman speaks, <laughs> but but they're so much better at it. And, but I just I just yeah I, I think that's you know whoever came up with this direction doesn't understand that nobody wants to see a sad old man fight. <laughs> they want to see you know the last gunslinger. Uh, to your point, uh, uh, you know. And maybe if they weren't also doing an angle where Rey Mysterio is threatening to retire for the fifth time since he's been back. Oh, dear God. Um, that, to me, is like, that's the biggest thing. Beyond just the fact that we've seen it with other people before, it's that literally right now on the same brand, 
there's another old timer who's getting who's working with a current guy who is about to declare his retirement because he just can't go with these young guys anymore. Um, and so having like having them announce that Ray Mysterio is going to retire next week in the middle and then having edge on the exact same show say, you know, I just, you know, I, I used to be able to hang with Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels and, and all these, and Eddie Guerrero and all these greats. And I mean, I used to be able to bring and people that wrestled me were better for it. And now I don't know if I'm still that guy. And I was like, what do you mean? You don't know if you're still that guy. You've had one match in 10 years and you beat the guy's ass. Yeah. Like what? I don't know if I can do a headlock anymore, though. Like, I don't know. It's just it's such a weird thing. At least at least it kind of made sense when Foley did it, because he's like, I don't know if I can still, you know, take a backdrop on a thumbtacks or right or get my skull caved in anymore. Right. And going like he can. Right. Edge isn't sure he can apply abdominal stretches anymore. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's that to me, I think, is where the disconnect again. Very well delivered. Like you can tell. That Edge is like a really kind of a level above as far as like actual like acting ability. I, th- he, like, I think he, I think his delivery is the best in the business right now. Yeah, I think he's I think he's right up there, if not. Um, but yeah, he's he's great delivery, and again, in a vacuum, nothing particularly <laughs> wrong. But when you add context of what the story is, plus what is going on on the rest of the show. I just wonder if maybe this wasn't the right time to do that story with Edge. All right. Uh, how was NXT this week? I have not seen the show yet. I'm going to watch it uh, in a few hours. Uh, I think everyone, even if you're not a regular NXT viewer, should go out of your way to watch the main event. Okay. Um, Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher just beat the tar out of each other. Okay. And grab. The, there is one kind of silly spot where they pretend that Matt Riddle kicked his teeth out, which I think <laughs> is playing off of a UFC fight from a few weeks ago. Um, okay, right, right, right. But other than that, um, it's they built this new cage that has like a walkway around the top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just uh, you know a good solid ten to fifteen minutes of them. Uh, angry grappling and striking and just throwing each other around and beating beating each other up and uh, it's a good time and I, I recommend it especially if you are looking for something that is just completely different than uh, than anything that you are are kind of used to seeing on a, a WWE television show even even with this sort of modern you know 2010s ROH main event style that WWE has adapted. It's yeah. just it, this thing is completely kind of I think its own its own animal. So kind of sad that that's the last we'll see of Matt Riddle and that he'll be going to SmackDown to lose to uh, pick a <laughs> heel that isn't good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was assuming that is his swan song in NXT. That was a heck of a way to go out for him. I, I, I give that a big a big thumbs up. All right. Well, I feel like again perhaps. We've said too much. <laughs> Is there uh, anything else you want to get into, or can we wrap it up? No, I think we can. Uh, we can wrap it up. There's, I think there was definitely more uh, between the AEW shows and and NXT this week. I think there's more. There's maybe more good, or at least as much good as bad, as far as the content of the wrestling shows go this week. So not if, a not a bad if, week. 
it felt like the closest thing to a normal week like at least since the pandemic started am i crazy or <laughs> no i think you're right and joking aside about wwe's very wwe way of putting people in the crowd it it absolutely improves the show like over having no one so even though they're doing it in a very wwe way like and i feel sorry for these people that they won't even give them chairs <laughs> um but uh yeah it definitely improves the uh the atmosphere of the WWE shows as well. So yeah, I, I, I think that's a good way to look at it. The closest thing to normal we have felt as far as the television products go in quite a while. Alright everybody, till next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. We'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Adios. For listening, don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features. We do this funny bit every year where uh, the heat or air, or air conditioning breaks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the central air, central heating breaks, and then we have to figure out uh, what to do. So one day last summer, I went out and spent a thousand dollars on air conditioners. <laughs> and well, that's uh, one solution. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Yeah, but Isn't there uh, like a shifty handyman involved. Like I feel like the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to come fix your stuff when it breaks. Yep. Yeah, so we alerted the uh, the go between between us and the landlord that um like ten days ago that hey the air conditioning doesn't work it's about to get warm and then uh, he gave Anna's phone number to the shifty contractor guy and uh, we've still yet to hear from him. <laughs> here 10 days later so just went around put in all the window units yesterday and uh it's nice and comfortable in here now but also what the hell are we paying rent for (laughs) that's neither here nor there (laughs) i do not have hbo max but i kind of want to get it or at least if there's a free trial or something, so I can see that terrible Jay Leno movie. <laughs> I think that's... Forget the Marine movie. That's the movie we need to review for the show. Oh, hell yes. Yes. Where is our... I can't find our podcast in my own podcast feed. That's got to be a bad sign. Uh-oh. Here it is. All right, good times. You ready to go? Mm-hmm. All right. I try to keep on keeping on.